The following has been a Shirt Off Your Back production. ShirtOffYourBackAZ.com Hello and welcome to the Shirt Off Your Back podcast where we always follow the rules. So I was reading this morning about responsibility and rules and taking responsibility for yourself and it got me thinking about uh, the Suns game last night. The Suns are in the the playoffs and they're playing the Clippers right now and I I caught the end of game two Um, and it's kind of exciting. I haven't watched basketball in a number of years uh, for different reasons. I, I just I'm not really that into basketball that much but the Suns are doing really well. It's fun to support the home team. They're a really fun team to watch and uh, what I was reading this morning kind of seemed to sync up with kind of what I was thinking last night. I was watching the end of the game, and if you watched it, there was the last two minutes of the game took about a half an hour because there were lots of uh, stops. You know, the ball went out of bounds. There was fouls. They had to review plays. They had to check rules. They had to make sure they had the right players on the floor at one point, and, and it took a while to get to the end of the game. And one of the commentators made an interesting point. He said, you know, I understand the purpose of this. We want to be fair and and we want to make sure that the referees get it right, but it takes away from the game. And so I was reading this morning about responsibility and um, taking responsibility for yourself and following rules and, and what rules you should bend or break to not get ahead in life necessarily, but to be successful, right? When when we say get ahead in life, we kind of think that's something a little bit, um, we kind of think that's something a little bit malicious and underhanded and sneaky. Um, I, I'm talking about legitimately um, finding success, you know, working within frameworks and taking responsibility. And I think in a lot of ways we've shifted from inculcation. So it's basically like uh, setting a precedent or instilling instilling something in someone through uh, repetition and through practice. We've shifted from inculcation to responsibility to inoculation from responsibility. So I feel like in a lot of ways we're going out of our way to protect people from responsibility. And I was working with somebody today and um, this person essentially said, well, I refuse to weigh in every day. I refuse to weigh myself every day. And I, I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. I don't, it's not like mandatory that you weigh yourself every day, but here's, you know, some of the benefits to it. That allows you to see that over the course of a week, your weight can fluctuate. And not only over the course of a week can your weight, flu- your weight fluctuate, your weight can fluctuate plus or minus like five pounds in the course of a day, right? Uh, food, bodily fluids, hormones, stress, lack of sleep, too much sleep, all these things, I don't know if too much sleep is a thing, but all these things go into weight loss and what that number on the scale says, right? And I say this all the time, the scale is a tool, it's not the tool. The scale is a tool, it's not the tool. That one number on the scale is measuring fat, it's measuring muscle, it's measuring bodily fluids, bodily solids, it's measuring hair, it's measuring 
hormones, it's measuring salt, it's measuring water, it's measuring you know anything that's left over in your system basically. So that's one data point with a whole bunch of different um, variables, I guess, if you will. And you know, this person said, well, I, I refuse to weigh in every day because it causes me too much anxiety. And it wasn't the part about causing me anxiety that kind of tripped me up and that kind of bothered me a little bit. It was the part about I refuse. And I, I just, I thought that was interesting. I refuse to do and you can put in anything for that. I refuse to do X, Y, and Z because it causes me anxiety. And I understand that. I, I can understand the idea behind weighing yourself every day can cause you anxiety. That's perfectly reasonable. But to flat out say I refuse to do it, that doesn't really sit well with me because there's a reason that I encourage, again, I don't make it mandatory, but there's a reason I encourage if you're trying to lose weight, weigh yourself every day. So you can see that you're not going to lose weight every day. So you can see it in real time. In fact, you're not even gonna lose weight every every week. Um, I'm trying to get back down to 155. I was at 165 for a while. I got down to 155. I went back up to about 161. And I'm trying to get back down to 155. I work in weight loss. I do this every day. I eat fairly well maybe somewhere between 50 and 80% of the time I'm eating you know, salads or meat or egg. I'm eating more or less whole foods. Um, you know, There's some junk sprinkled in there, so I'd say 50 to 80% of the time I'm eating pretty well. I've been at 158 for like a week, and I've been weighing myself every day. I've been somewhere between 158 and 159, you know, 158 point something every day. And it's frustrating for me because I'm like, man, I did really well yesterday. I got 15,000 steps and I ate really well. But if I do it every day, it becomes less of, it, it would kind of be like going to the dentist, right? If you go to the dentist once every six months, once a year, whatever, it's kind of nerve wracking. But imagine if you went to the dentist like every day, you'd just be like, eh, it's just the dentist, whatever. It's not a big deal. I've been there every day. It becomes less daunting and less of, a uh, less of a pain point for you, uh, maybe literally and figuratively. So again, that's why I encourage weighing in every day. But I think it would have been wrong of me to say, oh, well, that's okay. You don't have to weigh in every day. What I said was, it's perfectly understandable if you don't want to weigh in every day. I still encourage it. I can't make you do it. Here's the benefits to it. But I can also understand why it would be a little bit troublesome for you, why it would cause you you know, some heartache and some headaches. So I wasn't going to alleviate that person of that responsibility, of that duty, but I was gonna give that person some room to really think about it and digest the pros and cons of weighing in every day. If you wanna weigh in once a week, that's fine. But just do so with the mindset that your weight could not change, even when you do everything right, um, for all kinds of different reasons. You know, I could, I could weigh in Monday and be 158. I could do really well all week, and I could be like, you know, on the low end of 158. I could lose less than a pound, maybe half a pound in a week, um, and I would get frustrated. But I would know, okay, my weight's going to fluctuate every day. So if, of course, if I'm going to weigh myself once a week, the weight might not change that much. 
So in many ways, we've shifted from inculcation to responsibility to inoculation from responsibility. And, and you can read into that uh, multiple ways. You know, you can read into it, um, you know, schools not giving out grades, you know, for whatever reason. Um, you know, there's something to like the gamification of learning and things like that. And I think grades are maybe somewhat overrated. Grades are somewhat arbitrary in a way, but to just blanketly say, oh yeah, we should remove grades because that would be helpful. You know, give it some thought at least. Um, you know, that's the same thing as, as the scale, at least give it some thought. But I think we've set ourselves up to spend more time reviewing plays and more time arguing and more time being concerned with um, the fairness of something than we do actually playing the game to the, than we do to actually playing the game to the point where reviewing the plays and reviewing the rules and trying to make everything fair has become the game, right? Because the scale's not fair. And if you, if you avoid it, I think you are, you're sort of changing the game. The game becomes avoiding the scale. Instead of diving in and playing the game and being like, I'm going to weigh myself every day. I'm going to abide by the rules because I can't change what my body does. I can only change what my body does insofar as how much I exercise and how much I eat. Ultimately, that's about it, right? There's other things you can do, but sure, the only things, real tangible things that you can do is sleep as well, but ultimately, I think food and exercise, right? Those are going to be the two big ones that people are going to focus on. We've set ourselves up to spend more time reviewing plays than we do playing the game to the point where reviewing plays is the game. It's become the game. And that was kind of what they talked about at the end of the basketball game last night, that this is just the game now. And in some ways it's, it's not helpful. You know, in some ways it's not really helping the game. It's not making it more entertaining to watch refs for two minutes with headsets on, staring at a monitor, talking to someone in an office that's, who knows where in New York, I'm assuming is where headquarters of NBA might be. I don't know, but no one wants to watch that, right? I want to watch Aiton dunking in the last four seconds of the game. I want to watch that. I want to watch Devin Booker hitting three pointers. I don't want to watch referees staring at a monitor, right? I don't want to watch people watching the rules of the game. I want to play the game. I want to watch the game. But I think wisdom is better than might. And the reason I say that, I think the fairest truth of all, and I think this is a somewhat of a wise thing to internalize, I think the fairest truth of all is unpredictability, right? There are things you can predict in life, death and taxes. But I think the fairest truth of all is unpredictability because I have some idea what's going to happen tomorrow, but I don't really know. And I think I know what's going to happen as far as the future goes, but I don't really know. Not in the sense that I know the present. Uh, C.S. Lewis, he said, all we have is the present, the, the past and, or all we have is the present and eternity. The past and the future don't exist. All we have is the present and eternity. So all you really know with your senses is experiential, right? And you can really only ever experience the present because tomorrow is the future. And when I experience tomorrow, it's going to be the present. 
but wisdom is better than might. So it's better to be wise and sit back and think and internalize and analyze things than to try to nitpick at every rule and nitpick at every little nuance of the game and have things go your way. And the fairest truth of all is unpredictability. You might spend too much too much time complaining, too much time reviewing, and you'll miss the game within the game. So I want to read a, a Bible verse and um, Ecclesiastes 9, 1 through 18. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the entire chapter, actually. And I approach a lot of things from a uh, psychological perspective, from a, a very practical and very solution-based and positive. They call it positive psychology. It sounds kind of cheesy. Um, but it's basically um, empowering individuals and respecting people's autonomy and um, honoring their ability to make decisions for themselves. Um, so there's a lot of, I think, faith sort of mirrored with that in, in some ways. Um, and there's some some overlap there. So I want to read Ecclesiastes 9, 1 through 18 and um, share this with you and give some thoughts on it on how this kind of ties in. So this was written by King Solomon. And if you know anything about King Solomon, um, he was wise. He was troubled. He was um, ultimately recognized that living a life you know, of faith and living a life that is aimed at something outside of yourself is noble. Um, but he also kind of had his vices and he also kind of had um, some nihilistic points in his life, um, some some dark points in his life. And uh, the stories surrounding him don't make it shy to point those out. Um, so he writes, a common destiny for all. So I reflected on all this and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands, but no one knows whether love or hate awaits them. All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. As it is with the good, so it is with the sinful. As it is with those who take oaths, so it is so it so with those who are afraid to take them. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. The hearts of people, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live, and afterward they join the dead. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. <laughs> go, eat, go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy your life with your wife, whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all your meaningless days, for this is your lot in life and your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or to the battle the strong. Nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the learned. 
but time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. All fish are caught in a cruel net or birds taken in a snare. So people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. Wisdom is better than folly. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and huge siege works against it. Works against it. Now there lived in that city a man, poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength. But the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. So I think what this passage is is getting at is we all have a common destiny, right? Our life is going to end at some point. How and when that ends, we kind of have some say in it, but ultimately we don't. And if we spend too much time worrying about rules and we spend too much time worrying about power and we spend too much time about doing those daily things like weighing in on the scale, those things that cause us anxiety, and we say, I'm not going to do that. I refuse to do that. Or flip that over and we demand that people do other things. We demand that, um, I don't know, some government body we take care of us. We demand that um, our the people we vote in office do a certain thing um, because we vote them in to represent us, of course. Um, and somehow we're surprised when we find out they don't. Um, you know, we demand that people in office do what we say and do what we want. And we make all these demands and we get so focused on the the details and the minutiae. And some of it's not minutiae, right? Some of that stuff really matters. But I think either refusing or demanding is, is sort of um, one of two extremes, right? If you refuse to do something, you're taking no action. If you demand something, you're demanding a whole bunch of other people take action. So you're, you're at these two kind of polar opposites and ultimately your, your folly is going to be the same because you're not even playing the game, right? You're arguing about the rules. In meantime, other people are out there having fun and other people are out there being productive and yeah, they're getting scuffed knees. Um, yeah, it's unfair sometimes. Yeah, it's difficult sometimes. Um, and and th- this isn't to suggest that, um, this isn't a kind of a suck it up buttercup, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, um, you know, monologue or anything like that. It, it somewhat is, but there's there's some truth to being able to stand up on your own two feet and say, yeah, this sucks, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to take responsibility for this. I am going to own this. Um, we've shifted from inculcation to responsibility to inoculation from responsibility. We need to inculcate responsibility in the people around us. And we need to inculcate responsibility into those we're leading, be it at work, be it in our churches, be it at school, because people are stronger than you think. People are way stronger than you think. I've been so impressed in the times that I have 
in the time that I've been doing this this work in health and wellness and weight loss, I've been so impressed with the ability of people to to take control of something like food, something that has controlled them for years. And all it took was a little bit of encouragement. All it took was a little bit, hey, you can do this. Like, here's some tips, here's some advice, but this this power and this wisdom, it's already in you, right? You just need to play the game. You need to quit complaining about the rules because a lot of times people will say, well, what should I do? Should I do? Should I be vegan? Should I be vegetarian? Should I be keto? And I basically respond, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to eat. I'm not going to tell you what you shouldn't eat. I have some ideas. And if you want to explore those ideas, I'd be more than happy to. But I, I come at it with the approach of what is what are your barriers right now? And what skills do you have that can help you overcome them? So a lot of times you you unpack things and you find out people are very organized and productive and proficient at their job, right? And so I'll explore that and I'll say, well, what makes you good at your job? What skills do you have that are good at your job? And they'll tell me. And then I'll ask them, is there a way that that can be applied to food and to wellness and weight loss? And they just never put that together. And they're like, well, I can get to work on time and I you know, I follow a schedule and I update these spreadsheets and I, you know, I'm good at balancing these line items and I'm very organized and detailed and meticulous. But then when it comes to food, I just get home and I'm stressed out and I just want to eat. And then you can capitalize on that. And it's like, okay, so would it be fair to say you eat because you're stressed and not because you're hungry? And they're like, I've never thought about that before. And you just help them unpack that a little bit and they go. And they get it and they say, oh, you know what? I can take this thing that I do at work, this concept or the even this even this tangible item, this, this schedule or this spreadsheet and I can apply it to a meal plan or I can apply it to, um, you know, intermittent fasting or something like that. I can, I can set timers for when I'm going to eat. And it's like, I already do this stuff at work or I already do this stuff at school all the time. I can do it with my diet. And it's just, it's putting the responsibility on them and all it takes is a little encouragement. Hey, you can be responsible for yourself because you're strong enough and you're smart enough and gosh darn it, people like you. It's a little Stuart Smalley, SNL for those that know. Um, I, I love the way this passage wraps up though. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. So wisdom is better than might. And I think it's better to say, you know what, I'm going to hate getting on this on the scale and I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think it's a it's a sin in a way. And it's sort of a, a betrayal against yourself to to say, I refuse to do this. I refuse. Now, obviously, if it's something that is immoral or against your your standards or against the law, yeah, refuse to do it. Um but to say, I refuse to take part in this because it causes me anxiety, I don't think you're not necessarily dealing with the anxiety, right? You're not dealing with that anxiety that the scale gives you because you're not getting on the scale. And if you don't do that, are you ever going to, to get over weighing yourself, right? And you need to do it at your leisure and do it as you feel comfortable. Maybe you start weighing in once a month you know, and then 
you do that for a little while and then bump it down to once a week. And then maybe after a year, you get it to once a day. However long it takes, I don't care. But make progress, right? Because you're strong enough. I promise you, you are. Wisdom is better than folly. It's folly to think you have it all figured out. It's folly to demand things of other people and it's folly to refuse to do things yourself. A common destiny for all. Wisdom is better than folly. We can't keep shifting from this inculcation to responsibility because it's affecting our lives in so many ways politically and religiously and within our families and within our friendships. Um, We're always looking for something or someone else to blame and we're never, never turning the mirror. I shouldn't say never. You never say always or never, right? But we're not turning the mirror around on ourselves and saying, what have you done? What have you done right? What have you done wrong? What can you do right? What have you done right? What skills do you have that can empower you to overcome this obstacle? This, this obstacle of weighing in every day, this obstacle of tackling this thing at work, this obstacle of dealing with these family issues. And you can see on the green screen behind me, I have, uh, this is what I put on Instagram this morning. Um, I put Ecclesiastes 9, 1 through 18. I just wrote some thoughts out after I was done reading. And I put the picture of the referee uh, from last night's game. Um, it was an image I think I found on, on Twitter. Um, and I just did a screenshot and put it on Instagram. And I put this under under the, uh, the text on Instagram. And um, figured it would make a nice green screen background for this episode since it was sort of on topic. Um, wanted to invite you to watch us on Patreon, watch us on YouTube, listen to us on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud if that's your thing. Um, and again, we have a, a Patreon. We have some goodies set up for patrons if you become a patron. I mentioned yesterday that I'm going to try to make this a daily thing. This is two days in a row, so we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I'm trying to commit to things that are sort of outside my comfort zone. This is another episode that I've done um, sort of off the top of my head. I've, I've kind of had the thought in the back of my mind all day, but I didn't write anything out. Um, again, a lot of times I'll do a blog post to sort of write out my thoughts, and then I'll record the podcast sort of uh, paraphrasing or reading off that blog post, and I didn't do that this time either. So, um let me know uh, if you if you watch this on YouTube or if, if you see me out and about um, and you listen to it, let me know if you like one format over the other, if you like a little bit more structure or if you like the sort of, uh, you know, me just losing my train of thought and rambling a little bit as I tend to do. But Ecclesiastes 9, 1 through 18, I encourage you to read it and I encourage you to um, take responsibility for something that may be you have been putting off. Um, sort of tie this into yesterday, talked about tedious tasks and tackling those and facing those tedious tasks head on. I'd encourage you to do that. You know, um, Inculcate some responsibility into your life and each time you do it, it becomes a little bit easier. And it's not that the task itself becomes easier, it's that you become better, you become stronger, you become smarter, right? You're never gonna overcome that fear of the scale if you never step on that scale. And you don't have to do it every day. 
it'd be nice if you did it every day because then you'd see that it's not that big of a deal. And that's that's kind of a paradox. Um, you know, I'll have people ask me, well, why do you encourage weighing in every day if it's not that big of a deal? And I say, because it's not that big of a deal. That's why I encourage you weighing in every day. <laughs> so I, I use their own argument against them sometimes. But um, well, if it's not a big deal, then why don't you just do it every day? Oh, well, it gives me anxiety and it, you know, I... I don't want to see the number go up when I've worked so hard. And even though I understand that, you know, it's it's bigger than just the number on the scale, you know, it causes me this issue and then I'm going to go off track. And it's like, okay, well, let's let's see how you can take responsibility for that and, and overcome that. Because again, that power is in you. You're so much stronger than you think you are. Um, but I think part of the way to harness that power is to play the game and Try to play within the rules as much as you can, but if it isn't fair and if things don't go your way, if the ball doesn't bounce your way, as they say, you still got to play the game. And I remember, um, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan for football. I grew up on the uh, the East Coast on the Maryland-Pennsylvania border, so I became a Pittsburgh fan when I was a kid. And I remember after a Pittsburgh loss, uh, the, the coach, Mike Tomlin, I was watching a, the press conference and he said um, the refs were uh, not the refs, the um, a, some sports journalist. He he asked him, like, what do you think about the officiating? And he said, you know what? We're not we're not playing the officials game. We're playing our game. And he said, I can sit here and complain about the calls that didn't go our way. But I can also list 10 plays that we didn't execute that we should have executed. You know, we have to play our game. They have to play their game. And I I was like. I love that answer, just practically, but also philosophically, right? Because the guys on the field, they're not playing the refs game. They're playing their game. They're playing football, and the refs are watching their game, right? That's not the referee's game. That's the that's the player's game. That's the coach's game. The refs are there to just sort of, I don't know, watch them do what they do best. So they have to play their game, and they have to execute, and they have to let you know, let the chips fall where they may and make their arguments when they can, you know, challenge plays when, when they feel, uh, they can win when they feel it's necessary. But, you know, ultimately you have to play your game because wisdom is better than might. The fairest truth of all is unpredictability. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time.